0: Hello and welcome to this Tuesday edition of The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and here we are. We're in the home stretch of Lent, looking ahead to Holy Week coming up next week. And I'd actually like to start this hour of The Inner Life a little different than most other days. Last year, uh, leading up to Holy Week as well, I shared a hymn on the air. It's called the Stabat Mater. And today I'd like to share that with you once again. Today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about journeying with Jesus to the cross. And this hymn, it allows us to meditate upon what Mary felt, what she thought, Uh, allows us to maybe go there with her, seeing her son crucified. And the Stabat Mater was originally written back in the 13th century. I'll be reading, of course, an English translation of this. But if you're in a place where you can pause for a moment, maybe just take a couple of minutes here and stop what you're, you're doing. I'd encourage you to do that. Just just take that moment. Stop what you're doing. Listen to the words of this beautiful hymn as together we join Mary here at the foot of the cross. At the cross her station keeping stood the mournful mother weeping close to Jesus to the last through her heart his sorrow sharing all his bitter anguish bearing now at length the sword had passed Oh, how sad and sore distressed was that mother highly blessed of the soul begotten one. Christ above in torment hangs, she beneath beholds the pangs of her dying glorious Son. Is there one who would not weep, whelmed in miseries so deep, Christ's dear mother to behold? Can the human heart refrain from partaking in her pain, in that mother's pain untold, bruised? Derided, cursed, defiled, she beheld her tender child, all with bloody scourges rent. For the sins of his own nation saw him hang in desolation till his spirit forth he sent. O thou mother, font of love, touch my spirit from above, make my heart with thine accord, make me feel as thou hast felt, make my soul to glow and melt with the love of Christ my Lord. Holy Mother, pierce me through, in my heart each wound renew of my Savior crucified. Let me share with Thee his pain, who for all my sins was slain, who for me in torment died. Let me mingle tears with Thee, mourning him who mourned for me all the days that I may live. By the cross with Thee to stay, there with Thee to weep and pray, is all I ask of Thee to give. Virgin of all virgins best, listen to my fond request. Let me share thy grief divine. Let me too my latest breath in my body bear the death of that dying son of thine. Wounded with his every wound, steep my soul till it hath swooned in his very blood away. Be to me, O Virgin, nigh, lest in flames I burn and die in his awful judgment day. Christ. When thou shalt call me hence, be thy mother my defense, be thy cross my victory. While my body here decays, may my soul thy goodness praise, safe in paradise with thee. Amen. Again that's the Stabat Mater and so glad to have you here with us today on The Inner Life. Today we want to look at how we can take that journey with Jesus to the cross. Specifically want to talk about the stations of the cross, praying through the stations of the cross. And something that's done very uh, traditionally on Fridays throughout Lent Joining us as our spiritual director for the hour today, as we talk about the Stations of the Cross, Father Peter Arminio is back with us once again. Father Peter is a priest of Opus Dei, based in the Chicago area, and he's a widely sought-out speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection. Father Peter, welcome back to the Inner Life. So glad to have you. Josh, it's
1: great to be back. It's an honor and pleasure, as always, to uh, share a few reflections with such an august audience.
0: Well, and so Stations of the Cross, as we enter into this conversation today, maybe before we dive into the Stations yeah. themselves, can you give us a little background on the history, how they came to be something traditionally observed and prayed uh, by Catholics? Okay. Well, the tradition
1: uh, begins with the uh, Gospel accounts. And with it, keep in mind that um, the... the The Catholic faith, the Christian faith, was in full function before anything was written in the New Testament. And the New Testament is a written part of the earliest tradition of the Church. So there's a tradition that may not be explained. By the Muslims, which was the, now we're talking about the seventh century, uh, early part of it uh, but and even then there was pilgrimages there. I would say in the early middle ages they concretized those fourteen stations, um, which you know fourteen is a spiritual number, but um, a, a lot of it is in the um, in the gospel itself that Jesus fell three times. That's not explicitly in the gospel, but tradition has it. He fell three times. It wasn't recorded by any of the evangelists. um, Simon Sireen, for example, Veronica wiping his face, uh, his uh, condemnation, uh, all those, that's all there. Um, His his exchange of words with uh, the holy women, uh Mary is cited in the in the stations but tradition has it that she met him on the way which you know is very reasonable because she was actually at the foot of the cross I mean from Pilate's house to Calvary it's you know if you're healthy you're not beaten up it's not that long of a walk it's a walk though and Calvary is a hill I was at the holy land And uh, it was a little disconcerting, but then I started to realize, well, there was a reason for it. You know, you see via cruci's, you know, you see you're in the middle of old Jerusalem and there's all sorts of bazaars and, you know, little uh, uh, stands and uh, concession stands selling trinkets, selling breads. And I said, wow, what? This is kind of strange. You know, uh, you have all this commotion in the most, one of the most sacred parts the most sacred part of the world, you know, at least for the believer. And uh, I think the guides to well, that's the point. You know, when Jesus was uh, led to Calvary, it was, you know, there as uh, an example of what happens when you are, you know, condemned to crucifixion. And so they did that on purpose. The Romans did that on purpose. So they would be observed by as many people as possible going through the center of the city. Uh, so th- I think that's the genesis of that. Um, you know, being nailed to the cross, I mean, that's in the gospel itself, stripped of his garments. Right. That's in the gospel. So it's the gospel, and then pieced together by a tradition in the, in the early Middle Ages was already nailed down. I mean, you know, it was already uh, yeah. manifested.
0: Well, and it kind of makes me think of things that have also been used to teach us, to help us enter into understanding the... The stories that mean so much that we get from Scripture, because up until the last few hundred years, the illiteracy rate among the general population would have been extremely high. So we it's also have gone. in churches stained glass. We have other art that's meant to, to convey and teach people who aren't able to read, that's allow them to be that. able to... Yeah, yeah. Well, that—that's kind of my thought that the stations of the cross well, Because, would have been because one of I those... think the people, in the,
1: the, those illiterate people, I, I would—you know—I don't mean to be cynical, but in, in, in significant part may have known more about uh, the life of Christ, the sufferings of Christ, than some sophisticated, educated person who knows how to read and write and write books, but may not sure. have that. Uh, devotional sensitivity of someone who's illiterate. Not that I'm advocating that, but I'm just saying that there's a real uh, role to play in this religious art that we have. Um, I, I'd say theologically or, or spiritually, uh, Jesus initiates his passion, and this is the first time he does this, uh, with Gethsemane, which is not part of the stations, uh, watch and pray. So in a certain sense, Jesus' his last gentle command is meditate on my passion. Meditate on that. Watch and pray so you not enter into temptation. What kind of temptation? I don't think it's a temptation of violating the Ten Commandments as much as that temptation to disbelieve in the power of the cross. And um, so, in a way, obviously it's it's not obligatory at all, but the Lord is inviting his followers to contemplate the, the suffering, his suffering.
0: Right. Well, and there's something powerful also about where we engage our other senses. You know, I mean, it it is important that we are able to read and process and think and, you know, mentally enter into that. But being able to visually look at these... Um, these symbols that we have, these representations of the 14 stations of the cross, you know, that we see in churches, parishes, chapels, Uh, the cross itself, it's now such this, this recognized symbol of Christianity. But as you talked about in the days of the early church, that cross, it was it would have been recognized as a means of humiliation and torture and death, a very public symbol, but it evolved into this symbol of salvation and uh, which, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily plan for this to tie in. I didn't realize that today's first reading that we hear at Mass is this portion out of the book of Numbers in the Old Testament and it's where the israelites they're out in the wilderness they find themselves with these poisonous snakes they're biting people people are dying from the snake bites and the people ask moses to intercede for them to god that he would take away the snakes god doesn't take away the snakes no. but has moses make this bronze serpent and he lifts it up on a pole and anyone who's bitten by one of the snakes they can look up at this bronze serpent and they can live and so we have looking up at this image this symbol of suffering it becomes their salvation and now we have that fulfilled in the cross of Christ we look up at a cross and we see our salvation today
1: absolutely and it's kind of interesting because the, the real the snakes are a symbol of the evil one of the devil the poison is sin and um, the people have a, opened themselves up to those snake bites because they've complained to God Uh, for for their uh, plight in the desert. And the snake, believe it or not, it almost sounds disrespectful, but the bronze snake, not the real snake, bronze, is a symbol of Christ himself. Why is that? Well, Christ became sin, was not sinful, but took on our sins, and Paul will say became sin, uh, so that we would find salvation in that glorious cross and uh, the bronze serpent is not the serpent, it's not the biting serpent. In fact, it's the opposite of the biting serpent or the poisonous serpent, and it's on a tree or on a pole, which is wood, tied to it. And so by looking at the cross, uh, we find our salvation. And that's basically a prophecy, you know, of yeah. Christ himself. It needs a little bit of meditational massaging but or unpacking, but that's what that means, you know, to look to, to to look at that cross of Jesus. That Paul will call it um, in one Corinthians chapter one, the actual power of God Himself. You know, the early Christians saw that. On the other hand, um, the cross really struck home, especially in those early decades and early centuries of the Church's history, until their liberation. In fact, they would look at the cross, cross, not the crucifix. The crucifix was too jarring. I mean, they would meditate on it, obviously, but they wouldn't use that as an artifact until the 6th century because it was too close to home. I mean, they died generously. They believed in the cross. They meditated on the passion. Uh, But to have that image hanging on your wall, they didn't do it until, you know, a few, you know, 6th century thing.
0: You know, at least my sources say that. Yeah sure well it'd be something that would be so dreadful and obscene that exactly, why would, you exactly. Want, why would you want somebody being murdered up on as art in your house right
1: but i think the miracle is you know is that we have that on on our wall every christian right. has that, <laughs> yes. especially catholic christian who you know you know or gravitate towards these symbols in in, the, in a good way we have it on a rosary i, I you know i tell i tell people like okay, i have... You know, yeah, I don't know how 200 people here. Uh, I don't think anybody would agree that I snip off the crucifixes from your rosary just so you're not uh, put on edge by this naked dead man nailed to the cross. <laughs> and if, no, no, one, everybody wants to look at that man on the cross because I don't know. There's a, there's a, it's our badge of honor now. We'll wear it on our necks with with uh, holy pride. So that's another miracle of the cross. There's an intuition that, okay, this is our glory, even though it involved a grisly death of a man who happened to be God. I mean, that's the charm of the Christian faith It culminates with the Paschal mystery, the death of the cross, because it would be heresy, and we find a lot of meaning in this, that Jesus is not a human person. He's a human being. He's a man on that, but he's not a human person. He's a divine person in a hum- with a human nature. Man on the cross is a divine person. Yeah, obviously you don't kill God per se, but you the humanity of Christ.
0: Father P- Peter Armenio is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, and uh, we're talking about the stations of the cross, entering into the suffering of Christ, journeying with him to his crucifixion. Uh, how has praying the stations of the cross ha- helped you to participate in Jesus' passion, in his sacrifice? Uh, is there anything specific, uh, any specific reflections or written guides that maybe have helped you to enter more deeply? into christ's suffering we'd love to hear how you've shared in christ's footsteps along the stations of the cross maybe you've got uh, some advice for families who are trying to do that here during lent how it's worked in your family ways that you've been able to get more out of walking through those 14 stations you can call in and share uh, 888-914-9149 is the number here for the studio 888-914-9149. Our email address, relevantradio.com. Uh, Father, when we come back, let's also just briefly walk through all 14 of the stations here, and then we can maybe reflect on some different aspects of them and some different ways that we can make uh, that devotion, that we can enter into it a little more deeply. Again, talking with Father Peter Arminio here on The Inner Life today. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com/forester.
2: Were you there when they crucified
1: my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my
0: Lord? Distinctive voice of the man in black, Johnny Cash there. Nick, is that also with the Carter sisters? I'm presuming that's who's singing there in the background with him. Yeah, Yeah. he has such a great voice. Um, Talking today here on The Inner Life about the Stations of the Cross. Uh, I'm Josh Raymond, so glad to have you here with us on The Inner Life today. As we're talking with Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei, and uh, trying to help us dive deeper into the Stations of the Cross, how we can enter into that path that Jesus walked, how we can walk with him there to Calvary. And we're also inviting your phone calls at 888-914-9149, Maybe uh, praying the Stations of the Cross is something new to you and you have a question about it. Maybe it's something you've done uh, for Fridays during Lent for years and years and years. And do you have any recommendations on how you've been able to enter into the passion the suffering the death of christ by praying through the stations of the cross again the studio line to call in 888-914-9149 father before we continue on looking at some different ways that we can pray this devotional uh, in a more meaningful way it might be good just to walk through those 14 stations briefly here can you kind of walk us through those so we know the 14 specific stations
1: Okay, Uh, the first one is Jesus is condemned to death uh, by the people, approved by Pilate. Jesus takes up his cross. He begins his uh, trek towards his place of execution. He falls the first time. Once he starts walking towards Calvary, gets up. Then the fourth station, Jesus meets his mother on the way. and. Shortly thereafter, a someone from uh, a farm by the name of Simon of Cyrene is forced by the Roman soldiers to help Jesus carry the cross. Obviously, he's pretty weakened by the uh, scourging, uh, because the scourging sometimes would take the life of a man. But they were very professional about it. They would. Uh, they would try to prevent you from dying just to prolong the, the pain, but there's significant damage done to your body, a little significant loss of blood, thirst, weakness, on and on, shock. Uh sixation, uh this woman uh wipes the face of Jesus and um they still have that veil uh with the image of Jesus on it, his face. Uh shortly thereafter Jesus falls a second time. Um He's lifted up, and as he moves on to Calvary, uh, he meets uh, weeping women. Uh, He consoles the women of Jerusalem. That's the eighth station. Ninth station, he falls the third time, last time, probably right at the foot of Calvary. Uh, He's then stripped of his garment. He may not have gotten up. Uh, So that's in the gospel. And then he is actually nailed to the cross um, as he hangs on the cross that's the twelfth station. he dies on the cross thirteenth station uh, that's where the uh, pieta comes from that tradition has it that you know makes sense. they detach him from the cross and lay him in the arms of his mother and they actually bury Jesus. he's laid in the tomb uh, that's the fourteenth station so those are the fourteen. Stations of the
0: cross. Uh, now, when you traditionally pray them, I, I guess first of all, um, I was going to ask about are there certain prayers that are obligatory, but we can talk about that in a moment. Is it also required in every Catholic church or chapel to have those 14 images of the stations of the cross? I can't think of any parish or chapel where I haven't seen those on the wall. You know, I, I, you know, I, would, I would say yes, because same reasons you give, I think to have a church,
1: you need you know you need a crucifix, you need an altar, you need a tabernacle somewhere, and you need stations. You know, I think that's part of it. Um, would I swear by it, no, I'd really want you know, I'd want some uh, hardcore evidence, but you know, right? <laughs> I can't think of a church that doesn't have it.
0: Even it yeah, if, yeah even well, the that's, most that's modern
1: looking thought. church has it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and every okay, well, how
0: about has it? How about those obligatory prayers then, Father, when praying through the Stations of the Cross? And I'm thinking, you know, when you're praying through as a group, there's things like the leader will pray, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, and then the group responds, because by your Holy Cross you have redeemed the world. Are there certain prayers that we always will pray if we are praying through the Stations of the Cross? Well, the one you just said is... Latitude.
1: There is latitude. I mean, the, the essence of the Stations... Is to contemplate the sufferings of Jesus, and the traditional prayer that is goes back centuries is what you just said. You know, uh, third station, you know, by your holy cross we've redeemed the world. Um, the uh, we adore you, you Christ, and, your, and we bless you by your holy cross. You've redeemed the world. Uh, is it actually necessary for a valid station of the cross? No. It's just that you know, it's a beautiful prayer. It should be an act of adoration of appreciation.
0: Uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, some different people calling in to speak with you. And again, our phone number here on the inner life, 888 914 9149, as we're speaking today about the stations of the cross. How has praying through the stations of the cross allowed you to enter into the last hours of Jesus' life there? Be able to participate in Jesus' passion, his suffering, his sacrifice. Maybe you have a question about one of the stations, something that uh, you've been wondering. Somebody, something you'd like to ask Father Peter again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Father, we've got Susanna calling in from Belen, New Mexico. Susanna, thanks for calling in. You're on the air. Hello, Susanna. Thank
2: you. Hello, gen- hello, gentlemen. Uh, I have a. It's either the fifth or sixth station. I have a, a question about Simon, a Syrian. Cy- uh, Simon the Cyrene. and why we as Catholics judge him to have been reluctant to help Jesus carry the cross. I watched, uh, I know it's just a film, The Passion of Christ by Mel Gibson, and he chose a man, Simon, with a son.
0: Susanna, you're a little <laughs> quiet in the background there. Um might need to get your phone up to your mouth a little bit more for us. It sounds like you're asking about Simon the uh, yes. Cyrean. That's better.
2: Yes, and why... Why? Why do we, as Catholics, show him as being reluctant to call to help Jesus? He because could have just been visiting.
1: They him. Him. It's in the Gospel. It's it's in the it's it's I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's recorded in the Gospel that they forced Simon of Cyrene to carry the cross. That's in that's that's in the Scriptures. Uh, it's not just. It's not a. It's not a tradition that is not included in the Gospels explicitly. I mean, falling down three times is that tradition, but that's in there, you know. Um, and,
0: yeah. uh, There's Uman other things that is, point to that as, as well, too
1: Because farther. they said his two sons, uh, Simon Rufus, uh, became Christian, you
0: know. So, the father of Simon yeah, and Rufus. Like, that's remember, what I was going, was going to say. I was in on Sorry about that. No, 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 Sorry, that, that's... Yeah, no, the uh, um, the two children. I mean, you know, what father wants to leave his two young children and go participate in, uh, you know, capital punishment and a public execution of somebody uh, and leave your children by the side of, of the way there? Um, there's a lot of things that I think point to that both directly and indirectly when we see uh, yeah. Simon of Cyrene. But I think that's also something where, you know, by the end, you know, Susanna was mentioning... We see in different movies that he might have not wanted to have anything to do with it at first. I know in The Passion of the Christ, by the end, he's kind of helped embrace what is happening. He realized there's there's something significant happening. This is not just the execution of a common criminal. And it transforms his life as he walks the rest of the way there with Christ. And, I mean, that right there, I think, looking at Simon of Cyrene, that we would be so transformed in walking with Christ, that should be the prayer of all of us.
1: Right, and and Scripture implies that uh, because of his sons becoming Christian. I mean, something happened. You know, if he was totally reluctant the whole time and resented it, Scripture wouldn't say that he was the father of two Christians, you know, or given, you know, who his kids are. So, uh, no, and, and I think we need that because... I don't know, uh, you know, uh, we are, a lot of us, that it makes sense that we're reluctant to bear at the cross. You know, we don't look forward for to a migraine or a backache or a sick loved one, you know. Uh, and eventually we, you know, with the grace of God, we embrace the cross in union with Christ, and we and we find uh, a renewal of our own spiritual life, and we find joy in it, which is very counterintuitive. <laughs>
0: Father, just kind of from a practical standpoint, when we approach praying through the Stations of the Cross, I mean, this is something, again, traditionally done, where you'll do it as a group on Fridays during Lent. Right. Do you think there are certain benefits to praying through the Stations together as a group? And are there different benefits, maybe, to praying through the Stations on your own? Um, just being able I think to uh, both
1: could be valid. Praying with a group, I, I think it becomes... Uh I don't know if there's more emotional meaning. You know, we are people of emotions. Emotions does not evaluate the level of our love. But to be with other people who have their personal crosses, to be, you know, with the other people, uh, contemplating the sufferings of Jesus, that's a special bond. So I, I would say, yeah, there's a lot of value in doing it as a group. But there's also a lot of value doing it personally. Okay, I could take my time. Uh, I could dwell on a certain station that I think would be more relevant to my current situation. Um, so I, I would say whatever works best, uh, but there is value in doing it as a group. Uh, basically, I think we want to try to do it, you know, it'd be yeah. enormously helpful.
0: Talking with Father Peter Armenio here today on the inner life and taking your phone calls at 888 914 9149. What has helped you to be able to enter into that meditation, that reflection on Christ, on his passion, his suffering, his sacrifice as you've prayed through the stations of the cross? Is there anything specific, any reflections, written guides maybe, that have helped you to enter more deeply into Christ's suffering and death? You can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com is the email address. And we'll continue our conversation and take more of your phone calls right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for today. Father Peter Armenio, a priest of Opus Day located in the Chicago area. Also taking your phone calls at 888 914 9149. As today we talk about praying the stations of the cross, one of those traditions that we observe on Fridays during Lent. And what has helped you to enter more deeply into praying the stations of the cross? Uh, journeying with Jesus there through his suffering, his crucifixion, his death, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Tessa, who's listening to us in Tucson, Arizona. Tessa, you're on the air with Father Peter Arminio.
2: Hi, good morning. So my story is, um, I'm a photographer, and about 27 years ago, I'm older, um, I was asked to do a slideshow on the stations of the cross for a retreat so I went to the Basilica in in Denver and I stood there and I looked at each station and they have beautiful stations and as I was looking at them I thought stood there and I thought this wouldn't take me 15 minutes I took my kids with my dad and you know no problem mm-hmm. and I had no idea where to start and I sat there and went oh god I, I don't even know and what I ended up doing was <clears throat> looking closer i took an i took an image of the entire station and then I zoomed in on his hands tied and the face of the of the um, people around him, the guards who had whips in their hands, um Mary's face as she met him, the women's faces as they met him, and each and just every time just closed in on each. All these different details, and um, my 15 minutes turned into an hour and a half. Wow! Yeah, and by the time it was on Good Friday, I don't know if I mentioned that part. No, you didn't. By the time I was all by my, I was all by myself. By the time I got done, I was in complete tears. It was amazing
0: to wow. look at
2: his details and see his humanity. I still have this slideshow because I made it in a slideshow, and it is so powerful.
0: Because I zoom
2: in on each of those details. But the the crazy thing is I was walking out the door and my dad's like, what about the big crucifix? It's like life size. And I looked at it and I went, hmm, I'm not getting it. And so I stood there and looked at it and I looked up at his face and I, and all that came in my head is look closer. And I looked straight in front of me and here were his pierced feet in all my ears decades of being a photographer, that is the most powerful image I have ever photographed.
1: Wow. We, we're almost reliving what you relived, what you lived. Wow. Very moving.
0: Yeah. Tessa, thanks Th- thank so you for much for calling that. In and sharing. Yeah. You know, Father, I, I remember a similar experience. Uh, this is just within the last year I had an opportunity to go see you. It's kind of a traveling Uh, almost a museum-style exhibit, but it deals with the Shroud of Turin and has a lot of the different uh, scientific examination and tests and different things. And then it has a, uh, not quite, but very close to life-size crucifix that was there in the room where it had all of these different uh, panels of displays and all the different information that it had there. And this crucifix and... Christ on the cross there, it was taking all of the information from the Shroud of Turin, the way that this this man would have been beaten, the things that would have happened to him, uh, the blood loss, all of the different wounds at the different points on his body. And you got to see Jesus there. It showed even like his, I, I think it's his right shoulder was dislocated. I mean, so so many different things that you get to see there. And it really just brought it to life for me too. And you could hear in Tessa's voice there, you know, just still... Sure even though that, that wasn't just this you know, past week, it was, it was years ago, that it really made that strong impact on her. And I oh think when God, you have yeah. that, that, that opportunity to really just stop and look and reflect on the, the, the suffering, what Christ went through for each one of us, you can't help but just get choked up there, finally, yeah, and yeah, it, can't help it. it hits you. And yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true, and um, it, it's a source... Of consolation, because it's a translation. I mean, it's the whole life of Christ is a translation of God's transcendent love that we can't know directly. That's why he became human and visible. But it culminates in a spectacular way in a tour de force with the uh, the passion, with the crucifixion, and I mean, there's a lot of messages there. I mean, uh, it's Jesus is saying. God understands you, God rigged up a way uh, to identify with your suffering and he, you know he uh, that's why part of meditating on this is to see the sufferings of others see our own personal sufferings without you know exaggerating that they're always they 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 they're kind of a little subset uh, of the uh, template of Jesus suffering uh I, you know, I know it's a serious uh, topic, but I, I've gotten into, you know, I've learned my lesson to give the right advice, you know, where people have complained, you know, forgiveness is hard, you know, someone uh, was thoughtless, someone lacked appreciation, someone snubbed somebody else on and on and on, and, you know, she, he or she expects an apology and those kinds of things. And, you know, I oh, it's not a big deal, get over it, you know, uh, move on, you know, don't give yourself a hard time over something so minute, you know. And uh, that, that, those kinds of answers are really uh, insufficient. Uh, and uh, by accident, I said, well, let's look at Jesus on the cross, you know. He didn't get up there by osmosis, and his first uh, expression of his sentiments was, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And no one gave an apology after he said that. sorrow, etc. And I would say Mary is a, is a way to, to bear the cross because, you know, two of those stations involve her. I mean, one that she actually stops him on the way, and the other one when he's crucified, he marries there. He's, he beckons to John, who represents all of us, you know, behold your mother. And we ha- we, we're, she was always our mother, but he specifically designates her as mother, at the moment of a lot of suffering. So in other words, that go to Mary for strength, and uh, and my yoke is easy, my burden is light, which means, you know, no pun intended, that
0: our crosses,
1: once we go to him and dump on him and and connect our sufferings with his, it's light and easy. And that's, I think, what prompted St. Jose Marie and one of the stations of the cross to say, you know, our cross is a cross without a cross. Once we've mm-hmm. Accept it. I'm not, you know, I don't pretend to say this is easy, but uh, I think we have somewhat experience when we, all right, we try to accept it, we go to Jesus, we put, you know, we connect with his, and that becomes, as Paul says, it's weakness in the eyes of the world, but in reality, it's the strength of God.
0: You mentioned Saint Jose Maria and yes. one of his reflections. Uh, do you have any certain favorite reflections on the stations that have been written by saints like, like Saint Jose Maria?
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is, um, I, I let me. I like if I, my, my memory doesn't fail me. I like the. Uh, I think the first station where he, uh, he you know, he reconstructs the scene. And then he tells us that, um, I mean, he, he's speaking for authority. I mean, his whole life, you read his biography, is one of the long stations of the cross. I mean, <laughs> right, it, it right. doesn't let up. Uh, and that's, you know, a lot of times, you know, John Paul, the same, you know, any Saint, uh, but I'm thinking about him specifically. Um, and then he says, you know, uh, that he says, you know, once we have um, embraced it, he's speaking from his own spiritual life. You know, we we realize that the suffering and the dread and the worry and the angst uh, vanishes once we have really connected with Him. Now it's not, you know, let's be honest uh, with ourselves. I mean, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Doesn't mean okay, I offer up my uh, my backache or my uh, debilitating flu and it goes. The flu goes away. No, it kicks in. I mean, just like the resurrection didn't happen. Immediately, it took three days. As we wrestle with this, as we pray, as we go for strength, as we look, watch, and pray, Jesus say, "Watch, watch that passion, and pray. Connect yours with His, so you don't enter into temptation." I think Saint, obviously, what Saint Josemaria says is is very pertinent and very valid. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, explain, I, mean praying, I, I see that when I visit the
1: sick, I, I learn a lot, I just hope I could imitate their good example. You know, people who are not that very, you know, under normal circumstances, not very tough, and they, they get these debilitating illnesses, and they're, you know, really trying to pray, and they're trying to connect this with our Lord, and I'm just amazed at the transformation.
0: Amazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's people who bear that suffering... Those illnesses with such grace, and and I'm sure it is just a gift of the Holy Spirit at that moment where yes, they it are is. able no question to. About it. There's no human expression. Yeah, just just be able to take that and say, "Well, I'm not going to worry about myself so much now. I'm going to I'm going to put on a positive face here and and not Pollyannish in, in that no, way. No, 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 not they, at all. They, yeah, but that they really do embrace that suffering and say, "I I will." I will embrace this for a greater good. Uh one other question here. We're getting towards sure. the end of the hour, Father, but if we're going to be praying uh the stations of the cross in a group before we arrive, before we, you know, get to our parish or wherever we might be praying, any recommendations on prayers or meditations or anything that we might do to prepare ourselves?
1: Well, I would um I would prepare uh, I'm going to do stations at a certain time, and I'm you know, going to do it in a special way, um, I'll, I, I would say try to uh, reduce the audio, uh, the audio sounds, the visual imageries, in order to get prepared, get in the zone of contemplation, you know, or get in the mood. Maybe the mood is not the right word, or zone, but you know, get into the state of because you have...
0: I think that's also, you know, there's one thing to pray with a group, but that's also where maybe praying on your own, it gives you that extra time that you can take and just I kind of
1: like on my own to be
0: honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's one of the nice things it does. It allows you to have that extra time. You don't have to feel like you're rushed to keep up with the group. If there's one thing that really stands out to you, you know, as you get to the 4th or the 7th or whichever uh, station, well, spend that extra five, six, seven, ten minutes there, just meditating on that one exactly. aspect.
1: Exactly. Father, we've
0: got about 30 seconds left here. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour?
1: Sure. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, sending your Son and, the, and sending your Holy Spirit, making him human and displaying this magnificence of love in his passion. Help us live this passion and appreciate his love for us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. May, uh, may uh, Almighty God bless all of you, uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son
0: and of the Holy Spirit. Man. Go in peace. God bless you all. Thank you so That's much. Always great, great to talk with you. with you. Yeah, Father Peter Armenio, uh, our spiritual director for the day. I want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engesser for their help in producing the program. The podcast, if you missed portions of the earlier section of the hour, you can find that podcast at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Tomorrow, going to be talking about how to discern your vocation and delving into a lot of those different questions that come up there. Hope to see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.